Welcome everybody to the Nerd Pool Podcast, the podcast where we talk pop culture, pro wrestling, and everything else that's on my mind. So sit back, grab your snack, and listen in as I rant and rave about everything we know and love. What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of the Nerd Pool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. Yes, it's me. It's a J-M-I-E, your 42nd favorite podcast host and as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And today's episode, we are talking the death of movie theaters and we are also talking the green light for one of my favorite films that I have been anticipating forever, Deadpool 3. But let's hop right in first off with the death of movie theaters. And what do I mean by that? I mean... That apparently Warner Brothers, with the pandemic still going on, there's a maybe an end in sight, maybe not be an end in sight. We don't really know. We don't know when things are going to be back to normal, normal. Warner Brother Media has dropped a bombshell in saying that the entire 2021 movie slate that they had ready and available will be dropping now on HBO Max, their streaming services, and this has put people into a frenzy. First off, in uh, December 25th, that's right, Christmas Day, you know, is one of the big days for movie theaters. One of the days when people, they open their presents, they have their family thing, and a lot of people have that tradition of going to the movie theater and watching a movie. Well, this year was going to be the release of Wonder Woman 84. Since that's not going on, I mean, let's get some background here. Movie theaters are kind of open in certain places. Some aren't, some are. The um, movie theater for the past week broke the box office record with 1.1 million and was the top and the top earner for the month was 10 million. Now let's put this into perspective when movies are being released opening night to making 60 plus million back in the day and there are films you know making 20, 30, 40 million dollars over a weekend. 1.1 million that's is a huge decline in ticket sales but it's nothing that anybody did it's not like the movies are bad I haven't seen them I haven't been to a movie theater in so long I am fiending but the thing is is that you haven't you know there's limited seats social distancing mask wearing there's so much um, going on when you can actually go to a theater considering that a lot of movie theaters in certain cities aren't open at all and still are closed it got to the point now to where movie theaters were showing older movies because they didn't have any new movies coming out. Very few films were being released because movie studios didn't want to release new films that they've spent millions of dollars on, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 50 60, even $100 million. They didn't want to release these films knowing that they were going to have a limited box office. I mean, it was just like they were doomed to fail. So, Warner Brothers uh, has already pushed back all their movies. Marvel pushed back all their movies. This is the first year since, um, oh Lord, I can't even remember, when we didn't have one Marvel movie come out. I mean, that is a big deal. We were supposed to get, you know, Black, uh, Black Widow and others, and we didn't get one. And this is the first year that's happened. Warner Brothers said, you know what, we've got these movies, we've got a streaming service, let's push people to the streaming service, and let's release them. So, Wonder Woman 84 is going to be coming out December 25th, Christmas Day, on HBO Max, which was a huge shocker in and of itself. People were like, this is crazy. People started bashing Disney because Disney released Mulan on their streaming network, Disney Plus, and was charging you $30 to watch it. HBO Warner said, screw that, for the $15.99 or the $12.99, if you had the promo package, whatever, you're going to get to see Wonder Woman 84. We're going to release it for you. You don't have to pay anything extra. It's just there to stream that day. I'm telling you now, there is going to be a bit, I hope their servers are ready, because I think that day is going to have a huge, huge 
overload of people trying to sign up and then people trying to watch the day of. It's going to be a big deal, and I hope that their servers are ready because if I can't watch it, I'm going to be very upset with you considering that I've had HBO Max since it's open, and I haven't even been able to get it on my Roku. I've had to find alternative ways to do it. Get it together, Roku. Get it together, HBO. But again, the entire 2021 slate has said that they are going to drop this entire slate in 2021. The day that they are going to release the films in theaters or it's going to be the day they release it on these streaming services. Now, they had a huge list of movies coming out next year, and this is mainly just some of them. You have The Little Things, Judas and the Black Messiah, Tom and Jerry, Godzilla and King Kong, The New Mortal Kombat, Those Who Wish Me Dead, The New Conjuring, uh, The Devil Made Me Do It, In the Heights, The New Space Jam, A New Legacy, Suicide Squad, Remnants, Malignant, the remake of Doom, the Many Saints of Newark, which is the prequel to The Sopranos, is going to be dropping. You got King Richard, you got Cry Macho, and you even are going to have Matrix Four dropping on HBO Max. Now, I've read different things where this is going to be there. When they drop it on HBO Max, it'll be there for one month, and then they're going to pull them. Um, I don't know if that's the case or not. I've heard that. I've heard conflicting reports, but just dropping them in general. Is a it's a huge huge thing, and some people are completely against this. I know the um, the head honchos behind AMC theaters have petitioned Warner Brothers. They want to have a sit down. They want to talk to them and say basically that you know you're killing the movie theater business and that you know this isn't right. You're hurting us. Um, it's not fair. However. I, and I see where they're coming from because me, I love going to the movie theaters. A lot of people, some people don't like it. You know, I like going to a movie theater. I like sitting down. I like watching it on the big screen with my buddies, my, my girl, whatever. I just enjoy that type of atmosphere. I love going to the movies, I you know, but it's gotten really expensive. And I'm in a place where it's fairly cheaper to go. Like for me, it's nine fifty through the week normally. Um, if you go to matinee, it might be seven fifty. If you go Friday and Saturday night, it can be anywhere from twelve fifty to fifteen dollars, and that's you know lower end on a lot of movie theaters where people are paying thirty forty dollars for tickets. But when you get inside, if you want a drink, it's six seven dollars. If you want your popcorn, it's going to be ten to thirteen dollars or more. Uh, candies four or five dollars. You could end up paying fifty bucks for two people to go see a movie, and and I understand the concept of it, but. It's price gouging, and I'll tell you exactly why. Because popcorn is nothing to make. I'm sorry, it isn't. Okay, it, 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 it's nothing to co- the cost and everything to make it is ridiculous. Um, I know there's upkeep on the theaters. There's there's payroll. I get all this, and that's why it does it. But it seems like the movie theater, instead of trying to adapt to what streaming has done and figure out a way to compete with it, they just keep raising prices. And with less and less people going, the more tickets they sell, or the less tickets they sell at the same price, they're carrying the same profits. Now, again, I love going to the theater, but it can get really expensive. So when the people who run these theaters actually came up and they're saying, you know, this is going to kill the theater. First off, it's not going to kill the theater. I think the theaters are always going to be around in some way, shape, or form because people enjoy that That. The, the experience of going and watching it on a giant screen with people. Um, you know, the Avengers Endgame, and I'm going to take this as the main part because that was probably the most, the, the, the movie-going experience that I just, 
felt connected with everybody. Um, opening night, when we all, when me and a bunch of friends went and we saw Avengers Endgame's first night, opening night, first showing, um, when we watched the film, you know, the entire stadium, or stadium, the entire theater was packed, it was completely sold out, and everybody was together. We were cheering at the same parts, we were laughing at the same parts, you know, clapping, crying. It's just, it's, it's something where you, you're bonded together, like you're all one one big group and everybody knows everybody nobody's hating each other it's a very tranquil experience when you're there and everybody is enjoying the film in the same exact form at the same exact time now there's nothing wrong with watching this at home there's nothing wrong with staying at home and watching this movie and this is smart on my part i think for warner brothers because they have all these movies in the bag they've already paid for most of them they've shot them um, they've edited them. They've even begun, you know, promoting a lot of them. So they spent they spent all this money, and with COVID, we don't know when it's going to be able to everything to open back up. So they're having to push stuff back. You're sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars just sitting there, hoping that one day you get to release it into a theater. And Warner Brothers said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to push it on our on our channel on our streaming service and we're going to drive the traffic there because they want people to go see the streaming service. They want people to see it. They want people to stick with it. And to them, there's risk versus reward. If they can get, you know, a million people buying this for 15 bucks, that's $15 million a month. That's, that's a good profit. They can make their money up in the long run. I think they're not going to make as much, but I think they can still turn a profit with some of these movies that didn't cost as much if they, if they play this right. And, for them, it's like, you know, we're going to drive it there. We're going to give people this. We're going to let them see what they what we have, and hopefully they stick around so we can make money. And then when theaters open back up, we can also release these ones that maybe, if it opens up sooner, we can release them all to theaters also. So we're getting in that double revenue. The people that are complaining about it, saying you're killing the movie theater business, well, let's be honest. Again, your prices are kind of what's killing the movie theater business. Your COVID didn't help your movie theater business when you were closed forever. I understand that you were closed down for months. I understand some of you are still closed down. You have employees. I get all that because I had to deal with the same thing with lockdowns in the field I'm in, which is the service industry. I've had to deal with this. So I know how difficult this is and how difficult it is to actually bounce back from. Now, the problem with this is, is you can't blame one movie company for doing this. You can't blame a movie company for saying, we've spent this money, it's our property, we can do with it what we want. They can release it free to the public if they want. They could give, go down Main Street in your city throwing out Blu-rays of a copy of the movie, and you can't do anything about it. You can't sit there and say that they're killing your business because they're not letting you get first dibs at their product. I know where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from, and I don't want you to go out of business. Let's not anybody take this as me taking a slight against the movie industry, because again, I love it. But the theater industry has price gouged a lot of people out of their situation. People are still worried, and they're wanting to still go watch these movies. They're wanting to watch new movies. And if Warner Brothers isn't comfortable releasing them in theaters, thinking that it's going to be you know, less profitable for them, or they're not going to be able to turn the profit that they think they need, and they want to drive it to the streaming services, who are you to sit there and tell them that they can't do that, or to try to argue that? They're not saying they're going to do it from here on out. They might. Maybe Warner Brothers said, you know what, we're going to make movies, we're going to put it directly on the streaming app. I mean, the Justice League Snyder Cut, they're, they're putting that on the streaming app. They could potentially have released that, and probably made, you know, some more money off of it, they're going to put it on the streaming app. It's one of their go-tos. It's one of their exclusives. It's something that they're doing to drive that 
revenue and drive that traffic to their streaming services. Now, the movie theaters, again, I get where you're coming from. I get the argument that, you know, it's taking it away, but not everybody's doing this. There's multiple companies out there that aren't, and while you're not able to open, um, if you have 2,500 theaters spread across the country and only a third of them are able to open, what what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to wait until you can all fully open before they can try to make money on the movies or projects that they've already invested money into? You can't tell them to say, wait, hold up, no. You have to wait for us to have first dibs at it. We get first grabs at it because we need to make our money too. That's that's not how this works. Honestly, the movie theater industry has been going down since streaming services have become prevalent because, again, it's cheaper for somebody to pay $15 a month and get a bunch, all these movies, these newer movies, than it would be to go pay $50 a night to go. You know, I, like I said, me going, if you go multiple times a week, you can spend 150 200 bucks going if you're going multiple times a week. And, and and people just can't afford that, especially nowadays. So when you get into these issues of money versus risk versus reward versus businesses, that's just how it goes. With the theater being the industry it is, it needs to find some way to evolve, to stay relevant and stay open. Again, I don't think it's ever going anywhere. I think there's always going to be movie theaters in some way, shape, or form because people love to go. Generally, it's a it's a thing for people to go out, even if it's you know on Christmas or Thanksgiving or Halloween or whatever. It's it's what people do. They they, they enjoy it, and I don't think that's ever going to want to be going to going to go away. But you have to find a way to evolve where you're competing with this and you're not price gouging everyone and raising prices every time you have a decline in people going out because all you're doing is price gouging yourself out of the industry and that can generally kill you take a look at blockbuster blockbuster movie rental places forever were the main thing you know friday saturday night you know if you didn't go to you go rent a movie and then Netflix comes along, and Redbox comes along, and they completely changed the game. They didn't evolve, and the majority of them went away. There's still some out there, you know, in smaller cities, and even some bigger cities, they're kind of making a little bit of a retro comeback because people kind of miss it, but still, they didn't evolve, and they went away. Blockbuster was a multi-billion dollar company that went away because they didn't evolve and didn't want to compete. The movie theater industry could be the same if they don't try to find some way. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to save it. I don't know what I can tell you to say that you need to evolve or what you can do to fix it or help declining sales. Um, this year is just a crapshoot. We're going to throw that under a rug. You're just going to take that. You're going to take that L, homie. That's all I can tell you on that. We're just going to have to take the L and be done with it for this year because there's nothing we could have done about it with you know lockdowns, quarantines, blah blah blah. Um, but moving forward, if we can get past this pandemic, when you open back up, just we got to figure out something to save the movie theater industry because I don't want it to go away. I know I'm pretty sure you don't want it to go away, but I also can't be spending all that money going to theaters constantly to see these new movies, especially you know when you got companies that are like, hey, look, I can release it cheaper on my streaming app and get drive business there to where people constantly go back. So what's going to be the uh, saving grace for a movie theater? I don't know. But we're going to see how this plays out because Warner Brothers took a big step with this. They're taking a big risk, but I think the reward could pay off because, you know, they've got some big movies that are coming to um, HBO Max, and it's going to drive a lot of traffic there just for certain movies. The King Kong movie, the Suicide Squad movie, the Matrix movie, Wonder Woman. 
this is going to drive a lot of traffic to their streaming services. So depending on how this plays off, we could see other movie companies with streaming services or, you know, make deals with streaming services to do this exact same thing. Or if this is a flop, you know, they might, nobody ever do it again. Warner Brothers might say, look, this didn't work. We just had to do it to get our extra money in. I don't know. We're just going to see how it goes. But what can save the movie theater? And yes, I'm saying that. Maybe this is going to be the saving grace. Disney has just made me fall in love. Because Disney has greenlit Deadpool 3. That's right. As far as we know, Deadpool is going to be the first Fox property brought over into the Marvel Universe. I don't know if it's going to be connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe just yet. I don't see why it wouldn't be. But right out of the gate, that is going to be the first one they do. Deadpool 3 has been greenlit. It is currently in the stages of being written. Um, the original screenwriters for the first two aren't going to be involved. I don't know what the issue was, but there is apparently some some issues going on right there. Um the new writers will be Lizzie and Wendy. Um, I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, it is Liz, Wendy and Lizzie Molyneux. Molyneux, I don't know. Um, they're writers for Bob's Burgers, so they've only written, as far as I know, four Fox TV shows. And it has me a bit worried because the original writers of Deadpool, um, it took a, a character that was risky with a $60 million budget on the first one, and they turned it into a phenomenon. The second highest grossing R-rated film of the time was Deadpool. Deadpool 2 made it a billion-dollar franchise. Your writing team was solid. Your writing team worked. I don't understand the reasoning behind getting rid of them to replace them. I really hope it's not um, Disney being woke and saying we have to have female writers. Not that there's anything wrong with female writers before people start trying to bash me on the comments on Twitter or whatever. But if you're getting female writers just for the sake of female writers to write for something, that doesn't make mean it's going to work. Um, your writing team has to gel. They have to be able to know the story. And you had the writing team from the first two movies that did a fantastic job. I was really hoping they would come back. I'm still going to give this a big break because Deadpool, as you guys know, is my jam. It's my guy, it's my hero, Ryan Reynolds is reprising his role. Um, as far as we know, we know very little about what the synopsis of the film is going to be, who the bad guys are going to be, if we're going to see any other Marvel uh, properties incorporated into this. The thing we ha I have read is that uh, Vanessa will not be in Deadpool 3, but will return for Deadpool 4. And while that could change, they're talking about not bringing back uh, Miranda Baccarin as Vanessa in the next Deadpool film or the next time they wanted, uh, they're talking about recasting her with an A-list actress, which um, I don't, I don't like. Uh, I think Ryan Reynolds and her had great chemistry on film. I think she fit the role, and I think it just, it, it she brought something to it. And she's a great actress. She's a beautiful woman, and I don't get why you would want to recast. I don't care if you're looking for an A-list actress. I don't need Charlize Theron. I don't need Beyonce. I don't need anybody with these big names, I don't need that in my role, you know, you have somebody who's perfect for the role, and who's doing a great job, why take it, and why, why ruin it, why, why bring that in, if you're going to try to change it, keep what's working for that franchise, because you have a billion dollar franchise on your hands, don't change too much, and just let them, let Deadpool be Deadpool, let it be an R-rated film, 
if Deadpool is in Avengers films or Spider-Man films or anything, it can be PG-13 then. Because then he can be aware that he's not allowed to cuss. When he cusses, let the beep happen. Let him recognize it. What is this? You know. But for his films, they need to be R-rated. They need to work R-rated. You can work around it and be PG-13, but you're going to lose some of that nuance and some of that lovability that we've all come to know with the Deadpool character. And honestly, if you're making a billion dollars off a franchise and it's R-rated, why would you change it to be a PG-13 to say, well, we can make more money? You're already making money on budgets that aren't huge. You don't need a $100 million budget to do a Deadpool movie. They've proven that, and they prove that you don't need that to be successful. So I think that they can kind of back off of that a bit. Let Ryan Reynolds and this team work. Um, I'm, I'm, Like I said, I'm s- slightly skeptical, but I'm going to give these girls a chance because Bob Burgers is a well-written show. I love the show. And I'm hoping with Ryan Reynolds' input and them working together, they can make this into something really special and make Deadpool 3 in continuity with what Deadpool 1 and 2 did. And that's just stay as true to the character as you can be. You can change stuff here or there as long as you keep the core essence of what Deadpool is. Deadpool, which is the fourth wall breaking, the foul mouth, the wisecracks, you know, joking, and over-the-topness that is the character that's been the character since Rob Liefeld you know, made him in uh, the New Mutants. So let's hope that that works, and let's hope that Disney doesn't change too much into that. Um, again, we have the Disney properties of Fantastic Four, which had been rumored forever. Feige said that, you know, the X-Men is going to be a while. I think he wants to kind of let the stink of the Fox X-Men kind of simmer a bit, and New Mutants and Dark Phoenix and all that. I think he kind of wants that to settle down before he starts trying to incorporate that in especially since he's slated all these films to be a part of each other. And, you know, he, he, he writes his films so far out and tries to connect everything that he, he doesn't want to rewrite everything to try to incorporate this, but he'll find a way. Deadpool, again, I don't know if it's going to be connected to the MCU right now. I don't know what they're doing. I think they just saw that this one was the one that was making them the most money and making money and being and people were loving, so they're going to continue with it. So let's see if that's brought into the MCU or if it's still standalone kind of in the Fox um, aspect of where it's at. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm super excited for it. I'm super excited for the Warner Brothers 2021 film drops. You know, it's it's just, it's, it's a strange year. It's been a strange year, and it's going to be even a stranger year for things moving forward, but we'll just see how it goes. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hearing me gush. Thank you for hearing me complain. Thank you for letting me give you my thoughts on these subjects. Um, thank you for all the chimichangas and tacos for the love and support. Remember to, wherever you are listening to this podcast, hit that subscribe button. Leave me a rating. Leave me a comment. Leave me a review. Let people know about it. Share me on your Instagram. Share me on your Twitter. Tag me in it. And then I'll retweet it, and you could end up getting something special from me. I, every now and then, I might want to give you know a special chimichanga or taco part of my collection that I'd love to give out. So follow me on Twitter at NerdPoolPod. I'm on Instagram at NerdPoolPodcast. I'm on Facebook at NerdPoolPodcast. I am on Twitch at NerdPoolGaming. That is all for this week, so thank you for the love, support. Again, remember, like, share, comment, subscribe. And until next week, that's NerdPool. See ya!